Lord, may the words of my mouth and may the meditations of our heart always be pleasing in your sight. For you, O Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I I assume you all know what I have in my hand here. It's a a Bible. And it would be really a pretty good disservice to call this a book. Because this isn't a book. This is a library. This is a library that's filled with all kinds of writings. It's, uh, it's full of 66 different documents. Some of it is history and some theology and, and some poetry. And there's correspondence in here. There's practical advice. There's song sheets in here. There's biographies. In here, they were written by at least 40 different authors. 40 different authors. That's more than a book. They were written over at least 1,600 years in all kinds of places, in all kinds of situations. Now, this, this library is often referred to as, as the Scriptures. And that's a, a word that, that really is a generic word that means writings. These are the writings. But these are special writings because of their subject matter. These are all about God who, who created people for Himself and, and how He's redeeming them to be in a relationship with Him. That's what it is from, from the start to the finish. That's what it's about. But this is a, it's a collection of so much that has to do with that and, and, and different perspectives on it. But these are the scriptures. These are the writings. Now, when Paul referred to the scriptures in, in the, the reading that we had from 2 Timothy, from his letter, his correspondence to that young man... Uh, which he wrote, it was his, uh, his last letter as far as we know, uh, written in about 67 or 68 A.D. That's just before the temple was destroyed. Paul is in prison. But, but when Paul wrote it and he refers to the Scriptures, and we're going to look at the, the passage that, that we read this morning to look at that, uh, Paul doesn't mean the Bible. The Bible didn't exist when Paul was writing that letter. What was Paul referring to? The Hebrew Scriptures, the Jewish Scriptures, is what we call the older or the first testament. It's the first two-thirds of, of this, right? That's... That's what Paul was really referring to. Although, by the time that Paul was writing this, the, the early church and the Jewish people of the time were already looking at the, the writings that, 
were the biographies of Jesus and, and even the letters that Paul was writing and, and some of the other things that, that we find in what we call the New Testament, they were already looking at those and saying that those had equal authority with the Scriptures they already knew. They were calling those things Scriptures as well. And in fact, just we'll look at that for a second. Peter. Do y'all know who Peter is? One of the disciples, one of the ones that walked around with Jesus for, for three years. I mean, he's a guy that, that came to really know their Jewish scriptures. <clears throat> he said this in the letter that he wrote. He wrote it to some of the same people that Paul had been writing letters to. And he says this about Paul's letters and how they have that equal weight and authority. He says, remember, the Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. And this is what our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you with the wisdom God gave him. Speaking of these things in all of his letters. I've read all of his letters. Paul talks about this a lot. In all the letters that you've gotten from Paul, Paul talks about this. Paul talks about God's patience and all that. And he goes on, some of his comments are hard to understand. Anybody say amen? Amen. Amen. It's hard to understand a lot about what Paul says, you know. He's, he's tough to read. And, and those who are ignorant and unstable, they don't have a real firm foundation or grasp. They've, they've twisted his letters to mean something quite different. Just as they do with other parts of Scripture. So, you know, sometimes, sometimes Scripture is hard to understand. Yes, it can be twisted and taken out of context and, and even... You know, appear to say things that it really doesn't say. But you know what? Peter would say, the stuff that Paul is writing has just as much authority as the stuff that we already know to be Scripture. Isn't that interesting? And, and Paul, in earlier, just earlier in the letter to Timothy, he's, he's written and he quotes a quote of Jesus that only appears in Luke. And it's a quote that doesn't appear anywhere else. And he quotes it with equal authority to a verse out of Deuteronomy. Paul looked at Luke's biography of Jesus as equally authoritative with the other scriptures. So even by the time that Paul is writing these letters, there are other things that are being considered. Wow, this is because of the subject matter, because we know who's writing this, because this is about Jesus, because this is tying together all the loose ends that, that you know, we, we, we found in the, the Jewish scriptures, in the First Testament, the Older Testament, because this is the, the, the completion of all of that puzzle, This has equal weight and equal authority. The scriptures were something that that uh, had held a special place, special authority. It was it was worth reading and studying. And so when Paul is talking to Timothy about the scriptures, he's not really concerned in this part of the the letter that we're going to look at. He's not really concerned with, well, what is scripture and what isn't? But he's concerned with what do you do with the scriptures? Why are they so important? That's what we're looking at this morning. Uh, He tells Timothy... This, and this is where our reading really started. It says, Timothy, 
you must remain faithful to the things that you were taught. And, and I think part of this is saying is, in these talking, we find out in context, he's talking about the scriptures. You know, you were, you were taught these things from the time you were young. And he says, you've got to remain faithful to it. it. In other words, don't just think about it and remember it. Let it change your life. Let it adapt what you do. There's a difference between thinking something, believing something, and doing something, right? How many of you believe that exercise is good and healthy? How many of you exercise regularly? A lot of us believe something, but don't do something. And Paul is saying, don't be one of those. You've got to be faithful to the things you've been taught. You know they're true because you can trust those who taught you. And then Paul starts listing some of the reasons that, that Scripture is so powerful. That these writings about God and who He is and Jesus and why this is so powerful. He says, you've been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, Timothy. And then he gives this first reason why this is something to pay attention to. He says... They have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in, in the Messiah, in Jesus. In other words, Timothy, if, if you didn't have the scriptures to look at, you might not even recognize that trusting in Jesus and, and coming to him for salvation is a good thing. Timothy, there's so much in the background that explains who Jesus is and who God is and, and what the purpose is of Jesus coming. That, that it gives you wisdom. It, it helps you realize, oh my goodness, there's no other way to, to be safe, to, to, to find ourselves with a brand new life that only comes from trusting in Jesus. There's no other, no other place to find that. And, and if you spend time in the Scriptures, those are some of the things that become clear. You don't find that anywhere else, Timothy. It's in the Scriptures. You find out who Jesus is, what His purpose was, the history of God and His interactions with people, the promises that, that He made to us, the expectations that He has for us. If you don't have that, trusting Jesus seems to become a little bit more suspect. It's like, you know, why would we ever do that? Isn't that just kind of old-fashioned? You know, kind of a, it's a, isn't it just a myth? Isn't it? You know, you know whatever. There are all kinds of religions out there. They're all equally valid, aren't they? Paul said, no, no, no. Actually, if you read through this, you're going to realize that this is something very different from anything else that's out there. But you have to be in it to understand Knowing that history, knowing the tendencies that all people share, knowing the things that we all actually struggle with, helps gives you wisdom to recognize what it is that's been offered to you. It helps us to recognize there are incomparable benefits to coming to Jesus. You see with greater depth and with clarity and that this is not just one good choice among many good choices. This is unique. There's nothing else like this. And that wisdom comes when you spend time in reading, studying 
The scriptures, they help us to understand that. And he, he goes on. He says, all scripture is inspired by God, Timothy, and it's useful to teach us what is true. Now, it's become very popular over the last few years to, to discount what truth is. You know, that, well, that may be your truth, but that's not my truth. You know what? That's baloney. There are things that are universally true. It, it, it's intellectually dishonest to claim otherwise. It's scientifically um, dishonest to, to claim otherwise. The truth is relative. And, and you know, it's, it, there's no other way to, to understand how the world works. The world, the earth revolves around the sun. That's just the way that it is. It's universally true. Mountains are taller than valleys. That is universally true. Water is wet. It's true. It's not true for you, but not so much for me. It's just, it's the way it is. And people are in need of an intimate relationship with God. That's universally true. If you haven't experienced that to make it your truth, I invite you to check out what Paul is telling Timothy. Put it to the test. It teaches us what is true. Another thing the scripture does, it, it makes us realize what's wrong in our lives. Now, a lot of us would say, hey, we don't need help realizing what's wrong in our lives. But I, I want to challenge that a little bit. Have you ever been mistaken about what's wrong in your life? Oh, it's their fault. If they hadn't done that to me, I'd, I'd, my life would be great. Well, actually, you know what? Come to think of it, it was me. I made that choice. I held that grudge. I did, you know, I got what was coming to me, right? But Scripture, these writings... Help us to realize what really is wrong. And if we're willing, then we can recognize ourselves in the mirror when we hold this up to who we are. Paul says the scriptures are fairly unique that, that through it God is able to do that in our lives. He goes on. He's, he, another thing Scripture does, he says, Timothy, Scripture corrects us when we're wrong. It not only helps us to realize what is wrong in us, but it corrects us when we're wrong. Uh, through, it, it, it corrects us because we can see through the examples of other people and the choices that they made. How many of you, of you have heard and, and maybe believe that it's wiser to learn from other people's mistakes rather than making them all to yourself? Right? You have that opportunity with the things that matter most in this library. Um, you, you can realize because the admonitions that are given in there, by, especially from Jesus himself and how he says to go about life, about the best ways to live life, the best attitudes. To have the things to set your heart on and, and the things that are worth working for. 
and hopefully save you time from floundering about to make your own mistakes. You can learn how to be corrected from doing things that, that otherwise hurt you by spending time there. Moreover, Timothy, Paul would say, the Scriptures, they're unique. They teach us to do what's right. Now, there's a, today, there's a lot of uh, equivocation out there. There's a lot of saying that, well... It's right for you, but this is right for me, but I can't tell you that what you're doing isn't right. I tell you, that's, that's, it's a bunch of baloney. Just as there are things that are universally true, there are things that are universally right. It's wrong to live a life of falsehood and lies. It's wrong to take what isn't yours. If you look at the, the, the life that's encouraged by the Ten Commandments, there, there is, is no other teaching that supplants the moral life that's, that's uh, given to us in the Ten Commandments. How it says to live that, our lives, there's no greater example There are so many real life examples that we can read about in here of people that did do what was right and what happened in their lives because of it. We are exhorted not only to the highest standards, but to the highest understandings in this. We're exhorted to the greatest love here. We're exhorted to being the most generous with the greatest grace that can ever be given here. This teaches us to do what's right, Timothy. Paul goes on. Paul says, Timothy, God uses the scriptures to prepare his people to do every good work. Timothy, when you spend time in these scriptures, studying them, figuring out what it is that they're saying, talking with other people, sharpening each other by by figuring this stuff out, by looking into it, by seeking God's wisdom in it, God is actually preparing you to do what God knows needs to be done in this world. Not only in your personal life when nobody else is looking, but in your family, in your community, and and worldwide. God is actually preparing you for that. He's showing you what it is. He's lifting your eyes up. He's giving you a greater vision than you've had up to this point, Timothy. God's actually preparing you by letting you know what He's up to in this world so that you can join Him in that. Moreover... Timothy, God is using this to equip you. Not just to say, hey, I want you to go out and do it, but I can't do that. God is actually equipping you to do it. 
God is building you in ways that you cannot imagine when you will get in and seek that in here and be open to what God would do in your, your mind, in your heart, in your character, in the way that you live your life. You're being equipped to do the most important things that people have ever been asked to do or ever could do in the history of the world when you get into this library and spend time seeking your Creator and what He wants. Timothy, you don't realize what you have in those scrolls. You don't realize what you carry around between the, that you know, folded over piece of leather. You don't realize what you have in that phone, Timothy. That you can pull out while you're sitting on the bus, while you're waiting for the appointment, while, while it's late at night. You know, you don't realize what you have. This is unlike any other resource on the planet. And God uses it to equip you to do what He wants done. The Scriptures, Timothy... Are, are like no other book, no other library, nothing else that's been written, primarily because all Scripture, Timothy, all Scripture is inspired by God. Your, your translation, it may say it's God-breathed. It's breathed out by God. And, and there's a picture in that, and it should make us think of when, when we uh, have this account in Genesis of God making Adam, and makes him from the dust of the ground, takes all these primal elements, puts them together, you know, and, and forms Adam. And then what did he do to make Adam come alive? Breathed into him. Gave him that breath of life. This is supposed to make you think about that. And that somehow, God not only has breathed life into these writings, He breathes life into you and me, Timothy, when we immerse ourselves in them. God has made this different than the other books that are out there. This is different from the other writings that are out there. This is talked about in, in, in some other places. In, in the letter to the Hebrew people, we're told the Word of God. And, and there you go. That's what it's referring to. Especially, specifically the first two-thirds of it. But the Word of God is alive. It, it's, it's not just words on a page. It's not just thoughts that everybody has. There's some life in this that you don't find in other writings. It's alive and it's powerful. Do you know why it's powerful? Because God has breathed upon it. God inspired it to be written. God is breathing life into you as you're contemplating it and spending time with it and trying to figure it out. It is hard to understand and people do make mistakes in it. But keep at it because there's life in there. It's sharper than the sharpest sword you could ever wield in your hands. It, it, It cuts between your soul and your spirit. Between things that are, are, are eternal and things that are temporary. It, 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 between joint and marrow, it exposes who you really are. Your innermost thoughts and desires start to stand out. You start to recognize even yourself 
and get to know yourself as you read through this and spend time in it, studying it. Because God has breathed on it and made it alive in a way that no other writing has been made to be. We're also told this. Peter again. Peter says, you've been born again. And he's talking to Christians. He's talking to people that have found this relationship with Jesus that changes everything. That is, it, it's like having a brand new life. You've been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. Like, you know, I mean, we're all getting older. Right? Our, our life is 70, 80 years gone. Right? But, but this life won't quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living Word of God. The things that God has talked about and revealed in this library will birth in you something beyond itself that will never die. You will find this life with God and this relationship because of what's in this. This is special. No wonder Paul goes on and he encourages Timothy to, to, in in all of his teachings, teach from here, Timothy. In, In all of the wise things that you can tell people, there are a lot of wise things you can tell people. The wisest stuff comes from here, Timothy. He says, I solemnly urge you. Not only do I solemnly urge you, I solemnly urge you, I I believe I am in the presence of God in Christ Jesus as I do this. And and Jesus, someday He's going to judge the living and the dead when He appears to set up His kingdom. You know, I'm putting everything on the line to tell you this because I believe it is so important, Timothy. Timothy, preach the Word of God. Spend your time sharing this. This is what people need to know. But but Paul, this is 1900 years later. This is different time. That was then, this is now. It all goes back to here, Timothy. It all goes back to this. There's something eternal about this that never changes, no matter what culture you're in, time you're in, people you're with. No matter what your circumstance is, how well it goes for you or how poorly it goes for you, there's something in here that is so different that you need to spend your time here. This is where you will find life in the keys that will open up something that is much greater than you know. Even those of you who have already found the keys, there's more to be found. Deeper and wider and broader than you yet know. Is there anybody in here that knows it all? Only one, right? And I do believe he's here. He says, Timothy, you've got to be prepared. You've you got to do this 
whether it's easy or hard, whether the culture likes it or not, whether people understand it or not, whether the time is favorable or not, just be patient. Patiently use this to correct people. To rebuke them. Anybody ever need to be rebuked? Me? Encourage people with good teaching. He says, there's a time coming, Timothy. There's a time coming. You may see it. You may not. You probably see it some. Time's coming where people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They'll follow their own desires. They'll look for, for people that will tell them what they want to hear, what they think is right, according to how they grew up and what their culture says, and the misunderstandings that they have about, about things. But, but Timothy, don't be taken in by that. Because God uses this to correct, to bring life. To show what's true. To, to show you who you really are. To reveal what's actually going on in you and in the world around you. This is the story of, of God and how He has made a people for Himself. And how they've turned from Him and how He's calling them back and redeeming them. Because He loves them so much. Do not turn from this, Timothy. Because what was just as true in this yesterday is still going to be as true tomorrow. No matter how much people may want to be sympathetic to how they think the world works. God reveals how the world works. He has the right to. These other things, they'll eventually collapse. Fads come and go. Belief systems come and go. This hasn't come and gone. This has come and stayed. Paul would certainly agree that there's a greater, a truer, a deeper, a more fully alive life to be found in these, that's talked about in these pages that is not talked about anywhere else. Read your Bibles, people. Study them. Do it when you're by yourself. Do it in small groups. Get together. Open them up together. Talk about it. Wrestle with it. It's not easy to understand sometimes, especially Paul, right? But when you do that, when you, when you wrestle with it, when you dive into it, when you, when you set your heart on like, oh, I'm going to get something out of this, then... You'll find it. When you think the scriptures are saying something that's offensive to you, you've got to figure out why. Is it because the scriptures are wrong or because you are? Is it because what you thought was a command given to you in the scriptures is actually an account of what happened to somebody else? That can make a difference. Culture can make a difference. Uh, um, I, frankly, there's there's a, uh, a thing that Jesus says that if we just take it as face value of how it's been translated into English, we should be offended by it. Um, I'm thinking specifically of where Jesus says, anyone who would come after me must hate their father and mother. 
to which we should go, oh, no. But if you understand Jewish culture and Jewish language of the time, then you understand what he was really saying, and you won't be offended anymore. You'll just be challenged. It can be hard to understand, but it's worth it. There's life to be found in here because God has breathed on this and breathes through this to breathe into us. It's a life-changing library. Set your heart to it. And I just want to challenge everybody in this room, whether you spend hours a week studying this or whether you haven't picked it up in you don't know how long, if ever, spend five minutes more this week than you did last week searching it out. Spend five minutes more this week than you did last week searching it out. Whether you're by yourself or in a group or coming to a Bible study here or or taking a Bible study online, spend five minutes more this week than you did last week and start there. Because this is like nothing else you can ever pick up and page through. Amen. Okay. How long? Five minutes. Start there. Let's stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed.